Welcome to episode 81 of the Thunder Underground podcast. My name is Trent. I'm joined by Jason. Hello, hello. We got Mark Scott from Trickster this week. Hell yes. That's a big one for us, I think. Yeah, that's a real big one. Uh, you know, person, I mean, on a personal level. <clears throat> oh, yeah, definitely. Because going back, way back, uh, episode I think is like 21, we had Joey Allen from Warrant. Yes. And we talked about then that the first show both of us went to was Warrant, <laughs> Firehouse, right. and Trickster. That's right. So now we've got a guy from two-thirds of those bands. Yep. So, Firehouse is next. we yeah. got to get one of those guys on. Yeah. So we're looking forward to <clears throat> bringing this here for you in just a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's a good, good lengthy interview with Mark. He's got all kinds of cool stuff to say about the past and the, the present and the future as well. Oh yeah, he uh, uh, animated guy. A lot to say, a lot of fun stories. Uh, so you guys are really going to enjoy this one. Definitely. Before we get into that, what do we got to talk about? I was going to tell you about the show I went to the other night. That you didn't get a chance. to Yes, you need to. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to, but you should uh, go over it. Yeah. Definitely. Fort Smith. They had the Fort Smith SmackDown two night show. I made it to the second night. There were a lot of. Regional bands from the Oklahoma, uh, Arkansas, Missouri area, I think, is where everybody was from. Yeah. The night I went was Switchback, Vague Vendetta, The Devil You Adore, and Severmind. And we've talked about, if you've listened to us at any point, you've probably heard us mention Severmind or The Devil You Adore. Yeah. We're big fans of both these bands. And not that we're not big fans of the other two, we just hadn't been exposed to them really. Yeah. And when I got there, first first thing I walked in, I got there, Vague Vendetta had already started. Okay. But I saw the good bulk of their set and was very impressed with what I saw. Like, I walked in, and I didn't know anything about them, personally. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I've heard the name. Yeah. So it, you I know, know they've played a lot of shows yeah. with Devil Your Door. That's right. So it's good to, to finally, you know, hear about them. Yeah, I mean, when I was walking in... You know, I wasn't even thinking anything about it, and I walked in and saw that it was a a female on stage singing, and I didn't mm-hmm. know, even walking in, I didn't realize it was a, a girl. Not saying that it sounded like a guy, it was just, she has a real, not deep voice, but just real rock voice. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like we talked about with Through the Stone. It's yeah. more menacing than, you know, your normal female. <laughs> exactly. And it was just kind of cool when, you know, <clears throat> then it hit me, I'm like, wow, this is, this is a little different. Yeah. Than your typical stuff. And, yeah. You know, they're just a solid rock band. She's got a great stage presence, all of them. Just a great band. I was glad to be able to see them and really need to look into them more and see if we can get some some of their music on here. Yeah, definitely. And then, of course, uh, Switchback. I've heard good things about them from people that saw them out of Rocklahoma. And they're just, a, they were a solid, a solid heavy rock band. The, the singer as well had a great, a great powerful voice and, I really liked what I saw from them. Yeah. And then, of course, the other two, you know. Oh, yeah. Don't really have to go into that, but The Devil You Adore put on a great a great show like they have in the when we saw them at Rocklahoma. And every time, you know, these guys play, I think they just get a little bit better. Okay. And, you know, Delaney's got, you know, she's young and she's, every time, you know, I think she steps on stage, it just gets a little more powerful and... I really like the direction they're heading and, you know, speaking to them, Travis, you're going to hear here in a bit, had a question for us for oh, that's right, yeah. for this interview with Mark Scott. And so you'll hear his name come up here in a bit. And that was another cool thing. Hung out with, with him for a while after and everybody else from the band. And that's the other thing I'll say. I walked in, like I walked back in, I guess, or something. Yeah. They go on stage and. You know, I hadn't really noticed. I had talked to Travis and, and Brian beforehand. And then I looked at Kevin Graham, who was there, and said, man, they got a new bass player. What happened to Jason Tatum? He's like, that's that's him. And I was like, what? But he had shaved his beard off. And I've never seen him without a beard. So I had to, like, really look. And I'm like, oh, okay, that is Jason. That's so, crazy. So anyway, then I saw him afterwards. And I like, felt stupid because once he walked up, you could tell. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure he gets that. You yeah. Know. Yeah. And then Severmind, of course, as we've told you many times, they're one of the best unknown bands, you know, to the, on a nationwide level. And they're not unknown to us or people around here, but as far as a nationwide level, you people need to get on board with these guys. And 
they played a new track and it was badass. Really? Yeah. So, okay. and I, I guess they're working on new stuff now as well. So that's going to be, that's going to be epic. Yeah. Yeah. This band needs to be just, I don't know. They need to be on top of the world, man. Yeah. Well, we can't say it enough. <laughs> they're playing here again, coming up. That yes. show got announced that, uh, well, speaking of this Fort Smith show is put on by DMG productions and they announced, uh, another show here this same week, this past weekend, which is happening on September 3rd in Tulsa at the Shrine. And that includes Severmind and includes Drek from Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, Fever and Disgust from Tulsa. Uh, who am I? A crane Technique from Joplin and Machine, in the, Machine in the Mountain from Tulsa. I mean, that's that's yeah. that's as solid as you can fucking get. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's one hell of a lineup. And they're, I think they're calling it like a Rocklahoma reunion because all these bands played Rocklahoma yeah. this past year. The Rocklahoma. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you say that is that's. So, I mean, you can't ask for more whenever yeah. you're just talking about independent heavy music. All five of these bands, they all bring a different style, and this is gonna just be another great night at the Shrine, you know. And DMG's done a great job here putting on these kick-ass shows like that. What I just saw in Fort Smith, and you know this will be good too. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be all up in that show and around it and over it and under it and all over it. <laughs> Are we not? I think so. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I'm sure we'll talk about that more. And like you mentioned, maybe we should get Chris and Kevin on here. To talk yeah, we about should. It. We should. And I know we've been talking about Machine in the Mountain. We should. We should get on it. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> be on the lookout for that. Machine in the Mountain. We have talked to them about being on here. Yes. Of course, you'll hear more about that show and what they've got going on coming up here in the coming weeks. That's right. That's right. But I will say one more thing about that show in Fort Smith. There, after they got off stage, Derek, the drummer for Severmind, put yeah. on a Thunder Underground shirt. Yes. And, you know, to get the sweaty shirt off. And he put that bad boy on when he was rocking it and... So there you go. Hell just a, yeah. Just another person to add to the list did, of cool people that have worn that shirt. Did you get a picture? I forgot to get a personal picture, but I saw, I've already seen one online of okay, someone good. else that took a picture with the good. group. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, you know, earlier you mentioned Through the Stone. Yes. And um, they are playing tomorrow night here in Tulsa at Billy and Renee's. Yes. August and 3rd. August 3rd. If you guys are out there listening in the area, go see them. They kick fucking ass. I'm going to go. I'll be there. So, uh, yeah, I can't stress enough. Like, yeah, exactly. These, yeah, go ahead. Just go, you know, just go see bands like this that even if you don't know who they are, you know, hey, people didn't know who Metallica was in 1982, but they might have still showed up to a club and been blown away. That's right. So do this. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm going. Uh, so I hope to see all you people out there. And that's, I wanted to get that in there. <laughs> but yeah, look that up on Facebook, Through the Stone, their their whole album, I think, streaming on YouTube as well as probably Reverb Nation and it's on Spotify. Yeah. And you and, won't be disappointed. And they're from Nebraska, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, I know they've... Second Nebraska band we've heard. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> they've made their way down through Texas and Missouri and Oklahoma on this yeah. tour they're doing right now, so... You won't regret that. Uh, no, not at all. So next time we come to you, I'm sure you'll hear about Jason's experience at Through the Stone. Yes. And my experience at Guns N' Roses. Yeah, that was the next thing. You know, we're <laughs> going to send you off to Guns N' Roses land and hope you have fun. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Oh, it'll happen. You'll have a little <laughs> bit of fun, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. They're playing coma, so I'm pretty sure I'll have fun. <laughs> Forget anything else we need to talk about here? I don't think so. Um this is this is kind of a this is a, a a big one a long one so let's just yeah. get into it I think yeah yeah we we talked to to Mark Guest Scott over yeah. online recorded this video chat and you know great guy full of like you said full of energy character yes you know, but anyone that's followed Trickster already knows that he's yeah, real he's... animated on stage you know great stage presence this whole band in itself is just in my opinion always been underrated oh grossly underrated because so many people back then you know if they were into like the heavier stuff always kind of lump you know a band like trickster with you know winger and white yeah. line or something as being you know too soft for them but it's like there's not that's just one of those things that always bug me it's like i love you know slayer and then i love popping on trickster because it's a great time and these last two albums are 
complete evidence of that, you know? Yeah, and, you know, it's like, you know, they got lumped in with all those bands. Well, you know, I don't think these guys ever wore makeup. You know, they went out there in their T-shirts and their jeans and, you know, it just good melodic hard rock. And uh, it's just kind of one of those things, you know, you can make fun of it all you want. You know, people have gave us crap forever, but good songs are good songs. And, you know, I make no fucking apology for it. I love this band. Yeah. So I, I, I've got a T-shirt, so. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> New Audio Machine and the most recent one. Human Era. Human Era. Both of these are just great rock and roll records. Yeah. I think at one point you talked about it on here and said it was like, what'd you call it? Just perfect beer drinking, a perfect beer drinking album or something. Yeah, it's it's good. It's a good blue collar, you know, working man, you know, rock and roll, you know, beers at 5 p.m. All that, all that stuff. This is perfect for all that. <laughs> if you punch a clock, you know, you'll love this shit. Definitely. Well, check us out online if this is your first time listening, lethalunderground.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Periscope, all that great stuff. SoundCloud.com backslash thunder-underground is where all our other stuff is, so be sure and check that out as well. So with all that being said, let's get into this interview right now with Mark Gus Scott, drummer for Trickster. Good, how about you? Good, brother. Arizona sunshine. It's beautiful. Nice, <laughs> nice. All right. Where are you? We're good. We're in Seattle. <laughs> no, we're in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, you ever spell that backwards? <laughs> yeah, right. You actually saw the other day online, I saw a pair of panties that said that Tulsa AF. Is actually, there's a good story about that. When we were, I think, I'm trying to think, I think it was the Scorpions tour. The guys who did the work for the Scorpions were also backstage when they were the behind-the-scenes guy in the Bon Jovi tour and a number of other the Doc McGee programs. You know, the, Doc McGee had a whole slew of bands he worked with, and he used a lot of the same crew guys to do the backstage stuff. They had a code on the backstage passes. If one of the truck drivers, one of the crew guys, got a young lady a pass, they always said, oh, here's one left over from Tulsa. You can take this one. <laughs> so that gave a message to everybody, be careful, this is how the chick got the pass. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Every time we go to Tulsa or we hear someone mention I'm from Tulsa, I'm like, I bet you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's that's a reputation. So that's a little awesome. history for you there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So how did these shows go you just did in North Dakota and Ohio? I got to tell you, uh, we play erratically. Sometimes we play a hell of a lot, and sometimes I'm sitting around with a thumb in my ass. But lately, we've been busy as hell, which is great. Uh, yeah. Most recently, we played North Dakota and uh, Dickinson, North Dakota, and Marietta, Ohio. You know, you tell some people that live in major metropolitan areas, oh, I went to North Dakota. They're like, who the hell is in North Dakota? They don't realize what kind of real Americans live in, in towns like that. I swear to God, they really just don't get it. I grew up in uh, the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, That you know, the main metropolitan area where the density of people is like the thickest in the country. Yeah, And when you say you went to Marietta, Ohio, or Dickinson, North Dakota, they go, there's people there? I'm like, dude, you have no idea, you know? And these are people that like rock and roll. You go to, like, New York, it's really not a rock and roll town, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you go to Dickinson, that's rock and roll. You go to Marietta, Ohio in general, rock and roll. You know, I hate to say that about, like, you know, a place that I grew up that I hold dear to my heart, but it is not the rock that you get in the Midwest, in the South. Uh, it's, it's just a different animal entirely. We, our primary, what we grew up in the tri-state area, like I said, but our primary markets lay in the Midwest. They lay in the South, in the thick of the heartland of America, and that's what America really is all about. And people in, in the major cities just don't get that. It's so alive out there, they have no clue. Yeah. Yeah, they're rabid for it out there. Man, it's really true. I, and it, I mean, we learned about this a long time ago, but in our early 20s when we first started doing it, we didn't know what the hell, you know, Dickinson, North Dakota was all about. You know what I mean? But, dude, you get out there, it's like, 
wow, number one, there's great people. You know, you think, oh, there must be a bunch of hicks out there. <laughs> and you know what? There's probably some. There's a lot in New Jersey also. But there's real American people out there, people that have good values, that aren't jerks, that don't have road rage necessarily. You know, it's, it's pretty amazing to meet people like that and to see that they, you know, like rock and roll as much as they do. And they welcome us back. I mean, we played to a few thousand people in, in, in just a couple of days. We headlined one show, did another show with Firehouse in uh, Marietta. And man, we kicked ass. We had a freaking great time. Just go on Facebook and look at uh, look at the pictures. I mean, you know, it's not like we you know we, we we put mannequins up so it looked good. I mean, there's freaking people at the goddamn show. So uh, I can't tell you number one how very thankful I am and how much people just don't understand. Again, the people in the metropolitan areas don't understand what the value is of those midwestern states. Man, that's real, real fucking Americans. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, I know Human Air has been, been out for a while, but <laughs> Human Air has been out for a while. But I got to say, we we dug it, you know, straight away. It just really speaks to, you know, what we're going through with guys our age, and it's and it just rocks, anyways. Uh, so, just congratulations on that, and just talk about, you know, it, it was okay. just kind of the stars on. Let me tell you, but I'm going to cut you off. We played Tulsa not long yeah. ago either. We did. Uh, Oh, the outdoor venue played with Twisted Sister, Winger, Great White. Uh, this was fairly recent, too, within the past year. The Broad Festival or something like that. Yeah. Outdoor? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? The sports something or other? Is it Rockahoma? Right in the center of town. That, that river that runs through the middle of... Oh, I'm sorry. That was Oklahoma City. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. My mistake. Yeah. But, dude, freaking beautiful, number one. Yeah. And what a great outdoor event the, i think it was the brat fest if i'm not mistaken and they're talking crazy rides and crap dude the chips were freaking all over the place it was amazing <laughs> i mean what a great event you don't find great events like that in the necessarily tri-state area you know what i mean yeah. it was just so awesome and again a real rock crowd it's like ten thousand people there it was amazing yeah yeah What's your question <laughs> oh just <laughs> no just talking about human error and how you guys i know i think you got you guys kind of you know, captured some lightning in a bottle on that one. Just kind of congratulating you on it. Because I've, I've wore that thing out. Thank you. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Thank you. You, you know, it's really weird. I guess we took a, in 1995, we kind of took a 13-year break. I, was it, I guess about 13, 12, 13 years. And when you come back to it, after all that time, you say, hey, let's, let's maybe, you know, think about doing a record. We actually were approached by Frontiers EMI, and they said, hey, we'd like you to do a record. We're like, Okay, <laughs> yeah. we weren't exactly shopping for a record deal, but God bless them. Uh, Serafino, the president, is a real rock guy. Uh, the this the uh, chief controller is uh, the the great great Derek Shulman, who is an icon of the business man who signed Bon Jovi, ACDC, more bands that I can't even shake a stick at. This guy's a god in the industry, and he's the one that helped broker the deal for us. We had negotiations with him years ago, but to even have him consider us again so many years later to do a record with Doink, you know. Derek wants to talk. Oh, let's go see Derek, <laughs> you know. So uh, really amazing. Uh, so getting back to, to Human Era, we first did New Audio Machine and more recently Human Era. To do a, a record after a 13-year break, we don't know where everybody's heads were at musically. What the hell is going on? Will Trickster sound like Trickster? Uh, what are people expecting us to sound like? You know what I mean? There's so many different At the end of the day, say, like, hey, dude, let's just do our goddamn thing, do the best we can, and put out the best damn music that we can. And if the people don't like it, well, fuck them. And if they do like it, well, God bless them. You know, it's really, you know, we can't pretend to be something we're not. So what you hear on there, I got to tell you, number one, we're more proud of the two latest records, A, because we did them ourselves. We did them in Steve's studio. Did it at our leisure. We weren't paying a half a million dollars for studio time and a budget that we had to pay back or some crap like that. Um, you know, it, just a, a unique environment that we were not accustomed to. We used to have to, you know, do things by the schedule, paying thousands of dollars a day, blah, 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 paying a producer. We did it our damn selves. You know, something didn't feel like if I was screwing up one day, and it, Gus, you sound like crap today. All right, take the day off. We'll come back on Wednesday and we'll give it another shot. You know, that's what we did. Uh, and, and now it was very relaxed. And then uh, Pete was in Arizona at the time. Uh, we, uh, me, PJ, and Steve were in Jersey, so we pretty much played at Steve's house. We emailed the tracks over to Pete. He'd lay his vocals, send them back. We'd mix them. 
You know, we even had some help from friends like Chuck Al. I did, uh, uh, he's in Michigan, did uh, Pearl Sound Studios, did a lot of work with Elton John, uh, Pop Evil. Uh, again, more bands than I can even, you know, rattle off. But, but a true pro. I mean, I could joke about the guy, the fact that he lost the test to go in an industrial accident, but, you know, he, he can still squirt. He's, he's a good man. Uh, the man knows how to mix. The man knows how to run a board. The man knows how to create a production. And you can't take that away from him. I love him, you know. And he helped us out doing some mixes and, and offering advice and, you know, things like that are invaluable. Uh, Pete from Brett Michaels' band, he helped us with some mixing and uh, uh, things like that. Uh, just good friends helping out. And, you know, we'd be happy to do the same for them if they needed help. And uh, to, to, to do it in, in a fashion like that, A, is very unique. Uh, B, at the end of the day, it creates a product that we felt was the best that we could offer. You know, uh, we didn't buy songs from people. We didn't strategically uh, have focus groups and say, hmm, this one tested well with the with the demographic of 18 to 45. No, we just hey, man, we like this song. We want a sound, song with a bounce. Okay, let's try this. That's all strategic thing we had to do. Was, okay, which one's going to be first? <laughs> you know, it, it was no great mystery, the whole thing. The fact that it was publicly accepted and, and revered, that is amazing to us. Because we did it our way, on our dime, which was, you know, very few. But it, it, as you could tell, you know, it came out, I'm, I'm happy to say, pretty damn awesome. We're very proud of it. And the fact that people like it, God bless. I mean, it's a, it's a win-win all the way around. And Human Era being the latest one, the fact that we not only did it once, but we did it again. The New Order Machine charted number 56 on iTunes when it debuted. We were like, doink, you know, holy crap. You know, that was amazing. Uh I don't remember the chart position, but I'll tell you when Trickster released the record, it, it moved some copies. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to, to see that after all this time, it's like, my God, thank you very much. It's like so awesome. It's the greatest goddamn thing in the world. And, uh, yeah, we're really proud of those two records. Well, you mentioned having all the freedom. Back on the first couple albums, was there a lot of input from the label and all that stuff telling you guys what to do? There's a number of things. First off, we were like 22 years old. Okay. Right. So the last thing a record company wants to do is give you a million bucks, say, okay, kids, go have a good time. <laughs> you know? so that's number one. You know, even our road manager, he might have worked for us, but he was more like our babysitter and telling us what to do as opposed to us telling him what to do, you know, to a degree, of course. But yeah, it was his job to make sure that we got to the gig on time, that the hotels were taken care of, that I didn't run off and play with a moving car. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, there were certain things, just it was a different environment. Now that I'm 40 freaking eight, can't believe I said that. I'm 40 fucking eight. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, I don't need a babysitter necessarily. It's not all the time. But uh, to, to, to do it on in your own way, uh, we're not paying back a record company. We're not paying a couple thousand dollars a day for a studio. We're not flying to L.A. to work with this producer or some crap like that. It's a lot. First off, recording is a lot different today, number one. Number two, we don't have those budgets. And we're in a position where we're able to do that. And you could do a recording at home and make it sound like a multi-million dollar production. If you know how to use the gear the right way. So, I mean, just the whole uh, timbre of, of, the, of, the, of the industry has changed substantially. And the fact that we have that freedom now and are able to make a decent sounding record. <laughs> I still call it a record. Uh, you know, that's pretty, it's pretty awesome, you know. And again, bottom line, it doesn't matter how awesome we think it is. The fact that it's accepted and, and, and people, when we play the songs that people know the words and they sing along, they got their hands in the air. And it's, and, and honestly, they're buying the damn thing. They're downloading it. God bless them, you know? I mean, I tell you, when, when you see that, you're like, oh, man, that is so freaking cool, you know? So I, I, it's amazing, man. It's real. After all this time, we've been blessed more than once to be able to do this sort of thing. We'll never, we'll never forget how important it is to have that support and how much we truly value that. That's really awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, during the, during the times that Trickster was away, I mean, what did you do to keep busy? And did you still play uh, drums during all that? I played with myself. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's actually true. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, here's what happened. Uh, January 95, I split. Uh, I got married, bought a house, had kids, cut my hair got involved in marketing uh, before I, while I was with the band 
during the first record, I got behind the scenes at the record label. I learned about global marketing and, uh, and, and basically strategically how you sell a record to a, a global marketplace. Uh, I took a lot of that knowledge and used it regionally with uh, uh, amusement parks. And uh, there, was, there was an indoor amusement park in our old town of Paramus, New Jersey. And it was the first family entertainment center. That's what they called it. It was like a big arcade. You know, the big indoor arcades with rides and crap like that. It was like one of the first of its kind. And uh, they needed a, I saw an ad in the newspaper. They needed a marketing guy and they needed a sales guy. So I walked in there and said, I'll take both those jobs. They said, who the hell are you? I said, I'm Mark Scott. You're that trickster guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, well, what the hell do you know about this sort of thing? I said, I'll tell you what. Uh, give me a cheap sound, a good bonus package. Let's see how I do after six months. You know, after a couple of months, you can fire me if you don't like how it's going. I said, okay, you got it. So they started me like 35 grand a year. Woo-hoo. And, a, and a nice, uh, bonus. If, I, if I made commissions, then, uh, you know, they, they, it, it was... It was well incentivized, so that, that was cool. So uh, three years later, I was making like 120. I'm like, woohoo, I'm off on my thing. But aside from just the money, I got involved in an industry where the marketing skills that I learned in the music business, was I was able to apply them in a regional sense to actually further the efforts of a business. The little one-on-one for people out there who are entrepreneurs or in business, there's really only four ways, and this is some interesting stuff. There's only four ways a company can make money. I don't care if you're making golf balls, garbage bags, or selling records. Number one, you got to expand your client base, okay? Number one, expand your client base. Number two, you have to increase the frequency in which these clients come to your facility or utilize your product or service. Number three, every time they come, you want to make sure that they're spending more money and number four, you have to refine your operations to get more people through the, the hopper, if you will. You're, you're, you, you know, get them through so more people can be processed through your, your machine or idea or product. That's really it. I don't care what you do in life as far as business. Those are the only four ways of making money. If you don't understand those principles, you got to get the hell out. You're, really, you're missing the boat, man. You have to concentrate on each one of those entities to make your business grow. It's really that simple. A lot of ways to do that, and that's a whole another seminar. But you know, those are basic principles that you learn when it comes to distributing records. There's different ways of doing that, and when you're going to do that with records, then you're going to do ice cream cones. You're going to do it with getting people on the roller coaster. You're going to get them in the doors in Vegas. So uh, those are the things that I embrace, and I do that. Uh, I, I did that later on when I said uh, what I did in the interim when I wasn't with the band. I did the amusement park thing. Then I opened a restaurant. Uh, and, and that really came into play. And I had a, I had a nice run with a, with a restaurant in Florida, New York. Uh, and I'm in Arizona now, and I'm contemplating taking off on another venture. So we'll see. Something to be done. And I've got three kids and an ex-wife to feed. <laughs> yeah. there's, uh, you know, there's, there's always more to be done. There's, ne- there's never enough concerts. <laughs> you, you know, that's, a, that's another funny thing. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's people out there. And I, I've been in situations where I've had no money in my pocket. I've been in situations where I had a million dollars in my pocket. And you know what? There never seems to be enough. Uh, it's it's something as I get older, I, tell you, I, I get I get more content with less. I don't need stuff. I have stuff. I think uh, after a certain point, I, I'm happy with what I have. I don't need a lot to be happy. I've got motorcycles. I've got guns. I've got toys. TVs and all kinds of crap. You know, I go on uh, luxurious uh, vacations here and there, Vegas and all that kind of crap. I tour with the band and we play in front of thousands of people. But you know what? Special time with special people, that shouldn't cost a lot of money. You know what I mean? After you do the whole roller coaster thing and you reminisce, you think about, wow, when I did that loop to loop, blah, blah, blah. You want to spend that with someone special. That's, you know, and I think what I tried to do during that time off of the band is spend some time with someone special. Unfortunately, now that bitch is divorced, and you know that's how it goes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, one of the I know if it, one of the first or the first show you guys did when you came back from the hiatus was Rocklahoma in two thousand eight, and we were out there for that show when that Rocklahoma, yeah 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 when that storm hit and knocked down a couple of the side stages. I know the storm rolled in right towards the end of your guys' set, so I was wondering if you remember that. You probably had the best seat in the house playing the drums. Actually, I hate to say it was the word, dude. Let me tell you, that was a screwed up thing. We, uh, when, when we did the Rock of Home was our first show back. That was our first show back, number one. Triumphant return. Great freaking tie. I can't tell you what a special time that was. We got in the day before we wanted to 
catch the action, see some old people we haven't seen. I remember having breakfast with Kelly from Night Ranger, the drummer. Uh, I'm trying to think who else was at the table. Just like several rock stars. I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh my God, I'm back in the game. Everybody's all here. And it's 15 years later and everybody got older and got more mature. And like, what the hell's going on? You know, it was really weird. Um, <laughs> but what a great experience to be on the bill, number one, with all those bands, you know, it was great. We played with Extreme, Warren, Night Ranger, Leah Ford was in on it. Uh, Brett Michaels band. I can't, I can't even remember everybody was on it. The Cinderella. Yeah. I was with Fred Curry also. And I tell you what, what great people, what, what great times that, you know, and, and to sit and rub elbows and, and have breakfast. It was it's just so weird. It was crazy. It's so awesome. And it was a beautiful day. It started off as a beautiful day. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. And, uh, uh, you know, we played and everything was going great. It was a packed house, blah, blah. And in the distance, it was during around, we were kind of, I was playing 100 million. Remember off in the distance, stage right, far, I see a little light. And I'm like, ooh. And man, the shit came rolling in. It was, we went on, it was beautiful. You see the videos on, 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 on YouTube? It was sunny, beautiful, beautiful day. It started getting darker. And then the wind. And all of a sudden, rain. And this whoosh. And shit flies by. I'm like, oh my God. And then our agent came on the stage while we were playing and said, get off, get off. I thought that we all went over our allotted time and we were going to get fined or something. I'm like, oh shit. So I stopped playing. I'm like, you know, it's a big payday. I don't want to get screwed. So I get off. And he goes, get back in the corner. Get back in the corner. I'm like, what the hell's going on? He says, those side stages collapsed. There's people under there. We don't know what's going on. I'm like, Oh my God. And we were with Eddie Trunk on stage and Eddie Trunk saying, Oh my God, I'm going to die on stage. <laughs> it's like so freaking crazy. But I mean, at the time, it sounds funny now, but at the time we thought people were dead. Yeah. I mean, it was messed up, man. And we were scared and you couldn't go outside. The wind was blowing and trailers were knocked over and shit. I mean, it was really fucked up. We really didn't know what was happening. And during the crisis, one person says, Oh, I think I hurt my ankle. I got a broken ankle over here. Oh, this guy's dead. It was completely blown out of proportion. I mean, it was bad, but we thought people were dead. It was really crazy, crazy. Uh, so, so we were fortunate in the sense that it wasn't as catastrophic as, as we thought it once was. But for a while there, we were scared. The lighting trusses were shaking, and we heard those side stages collapse. We were on the mid stage, thank God. But when we saw the trusses shaking and stuff like that, and we had to stand in the back corner under a steel beam to make sure that they wouldn't let us outside. I mean, we couldn't make it. Our dressings were trailers. We couldn't make it there, number one. And if we did, the trailers might have got wind blown over. So they wanted us to stay in the most fortified place was the back corner of the state. Uh, man, yeah, that was crazy. But the great part was the headlines the next day, Trickster brings down the house. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It was a most triumphant return, but really weird the way it ended up. That's for sure. Yeah. We had a great, great, what a great time! Oh my god. <laughs> well, going way back, you guys were, like you said, extremely young when you got on the Blood, Sweat, and Beers tour. Was that hard? I mean, not hard, but was it hard to like avoid all the temptations of everything at that young of an age, and or to pay attention to what? No, we just fucking did it, man. <laughs> Avoid shit. They could get to the show on time every night, you know? <laughs> oh, why do you come here, little boy? Oh, no, I'm supposed to avoid that temptation. Bullshit. What the hell are you talking about? Well, I just mean in the fact I'm, I'm, the I'm okay, making sure you got to the show on time and did your job. Well, well, all that other stuff's going on. You know, it's the kind of thing you think avoid temptation. We're not going to make the show. You know, you can you can have a party with strippers and cocaine and still make the show. I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, I mean, all kidding aside, we were out there. Number one, we were not drug guys. We didn't really drink until we got on the Warren tour. <laughs> oh, my God, those guys Those guys really taught us a thing or two when it came to alcohol consumption. Holy crap. But we were there because we really wanted to play. I mean, all bull crap aside, we couldn't wait. I, I barely slept the whole Scorpions tour. We did about three, three and a half months with the Scorpions. I barely slept because I couldn't wait to get to the next show. Uh, it was me and the bus driver going to the next gig, sitting in the front, watching the lines in the road go by, just sitting up like, oh, my God, are we there yet? Are we there yet? I, couldn't, I couldn't sleep. I was just so on fire. Ripping. I was completely bulletproof. 
killing it. And I'm telling you, when you're on the road with a whole production, you roll into town. And when it was Warrant, Trickster, and Firehounds, three number one video bands rolling in together. And the thing that's crazy, dude, this is the craziest thing. You would think that, you know, there's bigger tours out there. We had the biggest tour of 91. Couldn't believe it. We, uh, we had offers from, I don't want to say, we had offers from other bigger artists, and we turned them down at our manager's uh, uh, advisement, and he was right in the sense that we had a real triple bill that was geared towards a very similar demographic, and nobody had a better bill. Yeah. And we did places like the World Amphitheater in Chicago, 33,000 people sold out. Yeah. Now, if you told me before we did that tour, hey, you're going to play with Warrant and Firehouse, and you're going to sell out the World Amphitheater, I'm like, shut the you know, dude, I couldn't believe it. I mean, we did a lot of stuff like that where we, oh my God, we did a pay-per-view special on that tour. It was the biggest pay-per-view special of the year. That's fucked up, you know? <laughs> we gross more money. We gross more money than Whitney Houston. That's fucked yeah. up, you know? So, you know, when a positive thing is good at the South of Amen. I mean, it, holy crap, man. I mean, so I <clears throat> doing that, I had the feeling of being on the cover of uh, Metal Edge magazine on a tour like that. You're number one on MTV. You're rolling into a town with police escorts and goddamn tour buses and trucks, and you're generating revenue that people just walk, get the fuck out of the way. It's I can't tell you what an amazing feeling it is. So when you talk about temptation, crap like that, that's just icing on a goddamn cake. We were eating cake every day, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, that's what the gig is all about. For, icing is just like, you know, you know, yeah, I have some of that and scrape the rest of I'm on my cake. You know, that, it, it, I can't tell you what an indescribable feeling. We were in the gig to do the gig. You know, it's, it, you know, I, I want my steak. You know, you want to put some sauce on it. Fine, I'll take a little bit of sauce, but I want the goddamn steak. And that's what we were there for. And we, dude, let me tell you something. Uh, to prove it, we did, a, I'm trying to think the number can't remember the actual number. We had shirts printed. There was 288 shows in 13 months. But after we had the shirts printed, we had some more shows to do. So it was like 312, 320 shows inside of 13 months. Wow. Right, that's a lot of fucking shows. Yeah. We, I mean, we would play six, sometimes seven days a goddamn week. Wow. You know? Not because we liked icing. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what we wanted to do, man. Right. And when you got a record that's rocking, that's kind of what you have to do, you know? But, you know, we didn't, we, when we, <laughs> we used to bitch, we were out, I mean, we literally toured for 13 months straight. That was a long time. So uh, we'd go home for maybe a week or two of Christmas or something like that. But, we, you know, we didn't go home very much. A little here, a little there, not much. But I remember uh, we'd go on these long stretches and get irritable and pissed and all, you eat pizza every fucking day. And all you want is a turkey club and like stupid little stuff starts pissing you off. But if you're home for like five days, you're like, out of here get me back on the road get me back on the road you know I, I can't tell you when you're rocking like that at least for me to be off the i mean it's nice to go home and have downtime and sell back but i can't tell you what it's like to have that itch to want to go the fuck back out and do it so to do this all over again so many years later it's a gift from god it's a goddamn gift from god it's the greatest goddamn thing in the world i just wish we were playing more shows yeah yeah well, you guys doing this all these years later with the four original guys, and that's pretty rare. So what do you attribute that to? Is it just being great friends, or how do you keep it together? You know, it's not like you have to checklist of maintenance or anything like that. You know, how do you keep it together? I, I, I don't know. Uh, we just do. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't put this back. And we, you know, we purposely made sure. We didn't want to put it back together without the original guys. This was more than just a band, dude. You know, this wasn't put together by some uh, media mogul or some record icon saying, "Oh, we need a blonde guy as the bass player. We have the guitar player. This crazy drummer guy is good." The the it what it, it wasn't set up that way. We all lived in Paramus, New Jersey, one square mile of town. I mean, it was weird. PJ was from a neighboring town of Ridgefield. It wasn't strategically, you know. You know what I'm saying? We became brothers. We are closer than friends. It, we did things together that most people never get the opportunity to do. And we got to do it again and again and again. So the idea of putting the band back together without the original guys, who wouldn't want to do it? You know? Uh, it's, but it, it had nothing to do with, oh, let me make sure I send him a Christmas card because I want to keep on competing. 
No, it wasn't. It wasn't any shit like that at all. You know, we we truly love. I love those guys. Fucking, but we kill for those guys. You know, and they do the same for me. Most. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, we are the closest of close. We've done things together. Nobody has. has, has very few people have, have, have ever done, and uh, that's something that uh, doesn't wear out. And to do it all over again, I don't want to look over my shoulder and see anybody different than. Peter Lauren, PJ Farley, and Stevie Brown. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yep. Yeah. Well, one of the last thing you guys did before your hiatus was the covers album. And I always thought, even back then, how cool it was that you guys went outside the box with the Terrible Eye cover. And I was just curious if you guys ever heard from Trent Reznor or if you ever heard any comments, if he had heard it or what he thought. I know he heard it, that's for sure. I don't remember the cover. I'll be honest with you. I wasn't, I, 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 I'm being very honest when I say, I wasn't the biggest Nine Inch Nails fan. Not that I didn't like them, I just wasn't all that aware of them, you know what I mean? And when, uh, I think it was PJ that actually suggested the song. I'm like, what's this? And I'm like, no, that, I, I like our version better than Trent's, to be honest with you. I like the way it came out better on ours. It's like a little heavier, you know? Um, and, and PJ's a little nasty with the, lyric, the vocal and all that. And the drum sound is pretty damn heavy. I, I, I liked it. It came out pretty good. Uh, but because Nine Inch Nails fan, just being honest, you know, uh, I'll give respect to Trent. That son of a bitch has kicked some ass all over this planet. You know, so, you know, more power to him. And some of the stuff I've heard since then, it's like, wow, the motherfucker knows what's going on, you know. Uh, but, yeah, that, that wasn't uh, one of my first choices. But I must say, ending up on the record the way it did, it's one of my favorite tracks on the record. You know, I really love the way it came out. I think PJ did a great job vocally. Uh, Pete got to play some guitar, and it sounds heavy and rocking. The drums kill on it. I really like it a lot. Nice. Um, <clears throat> well, I saw the other day you posted that you're working with John from the Ataris in the studio, and I was just wondering. John's been a buddy of mine for a while. Yeah, he lived, he, well, we both lived in, I used to live in, uh, uh, a town in Orange County, New York together. Well, not together, but, you know, we lived in the same town. And I didn't, I, I, we had a mutual friend that introduced us. He was a great, great guy. And we just hit it off. A super, super guy. And thank God he knows about engineering because I suck as an engineer. So he helps me out from time to time with some side projects that I have uh, when I do some producing and uh, stuff like that. I need a good engineer, and John certainly helps me a hell of a lot. Uh I, funny thing, we even talked about possibly doing a project. So who knows what happens from this point on. But he's a cool son of a bitch. Ugly motherfucker. But he's a cool son <laughs> of a bitch. And uh, I, I would love to play to, to play in a band with him. Because he's got a great great attitude. He kicks ass. And he's just a real cool guy. He's real good people. He knows how to rock. And uh, I value him as a friend. Good man. Good man. Well, can you talk about what you're working on right now? Working on a Bach orange juice and a splash cranberry. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> That's my kind of guy. <laughs> Come on. Dude, let me show you what I got going on out here, all right? This is freaking – oh, can I flip the yeah. – Dude, Phoenix rocks. You guys have no freaking idea. Is it hot? Yeah. Uh oh, damn. I got to whip my shades back on. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Out there. Yeah, it looks amazing right now. Yep. I, I've always told him I, I want to live in Arizona, so and that just can grow. It's fucking beautiful. It's fucking beautiful. You gotta see my pool, dude. It's <laughs> the size of like the Meadowlands. It's crazy. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> but yeah, I mean I, I, I honestly I love it out here. I can't tell you how much I love it out here. And it's hot as hell, but you know, I got air conditioning and a pool, so who gives a fuck? Try it. Wait, what happened here? Oh, there we go. <laughs> Check one. Good. Good. There you go. Cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, man. What am I working on? I got a few things. Uh, you could actually go on YouTube, just uh, dial in Marka Scott. You'll see some of the uh, classical music stuff that I've done, uh, movie soundtrack music that I've done for something called The Monkey King. Uh, the Monkey King was the number one movie to come out of China just two years ago, and it broke all the box office records. It was really crazy. And what a lot of people don't understand, people think China, oh, that's on the other side of the world. It doesn't matter. Well, these days, in a global marketplace, yeah, it really fucking matters because in America, we only have 330 million people. In China, they have 1.3 billion. Wow. So 
make some fucking money, go to where most motherfuckers are. You know what I mean? <laughs> so when you have the biggest movie in China, you're, you're really doing something. And our idea is to bring it over to America. It's in Chinese. We need to dub it and bring it over to America. And uh, we're going to have some fun with that. Game release and a whole bunch of stuff. They need, they need music. So that's right. Come in. And I have a classical background. I went to the University of Hartford, Art School of Music. And uh, know a little something about recording and arranging, producing. So uh, take a listen. Uh, anything on YouTube, just type in Marco Scott and Monkey King. And you'll see stuff pop up and see my ugly mug and that kind of crap. But uh, some pretty wild stuff. Pretty wild stuff. Uh, it, it, a lot of tracks, full orchestrations, violins, French horns, drums, guitar. It's like it, it's like a, it's uh, it's like Perlman meets freaking Ingve Malmsteen. You know, it's like some serious shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> got some wild stuff. But got some stuff moving on that front. Uh, I would be, was talking like John of, of the Ataris. Uh, talked to him about possibly doing a rock thing, a rock project, and like going on the road with it. You know. Uh, I, I, I wish I were playing more. Yeah, that's the main thing. And, and if there's a vehicle out there that I can get involved with to do that with guys of similar, uh, you know, mindness, um, I'm, I'm up for the idea. And there's people that want to see it. I mean, shit, man, they're out there, you know. And uh, the idea of, of having the opportunity and not taking advantage of that is that that's fucking stupid. I, I, it's like I see people do that all the time. I love doing it. I have a great time. I mean, shit, of money, but I think I'll take the day off. Really? It's like, you know, I don't get it, man. I just don't get it. So if I see that opportunity, I'm going to say, get the fuck out of my way. I'm going to take it. You know what I mean? So that that's my attitude right now. I'd really like to uh, take advantage of more opportunities. And I, I believe that they're out there. Yeah. Well, a good friend of ours, Travis Davis, is the drummer for The Devil You Adore. And he said he's a big fan of yours. And he said you've got a great tone. He loves it. And he was just curious as to what you tuned to and what drum heads you used. You know, it's not that I tune. First of all, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, it's not that I use any tones. I know some guys. Oh, I tuned my first tom tom to an F, and then I no, I, I don't do that. Every drum, I think, is a little different, also. And I think what a lot of people don't realize when we do these fly dates, like friends, I just last weekend we did North Dakota and Ohio. I had two different drum sets for each show. One was provided for me in North Dakota, and one was provided for me in Ohio. Uh, so. It's not like I tune the drum to a certain note or something like that. Every drum has its own tune. You talk, I mean, you got to find that. Uh, what, I, what I really like are certain types of heads to make me accomplish the certain attack that I'm looking for, a certain tone that I'm looking for. I typically, well, snare most important, your snare drum. The number one drum between that and the bass drum that you're going to freaking really hear something out of. The snare drum, I must use a Remo Phalam 2 coated head. A Remo Phalam 2 white coated head. It's a bulletproof Kevlar head, which number one durability is second to none. It is the toughest fucking head on the market, number one. Number two, when you tighten it to a high intensity, you can beat the ever-loving shit out of it. And it sounds like somewhere between John Bonham meets Alex Van Halen and Robert Sweet from Striper. It's like, you know what I mean? It's, it's the shit. It is the bomb. Uh, my own personal drums, I use Pearl. Uh, Pearl drums have always have a very special place in my heart throughout my career. Not because they just endorse me. I'm telling you, they have tough drums. The hardware is badass. I use their Masters MCX series that are kick ass. Kick ass. I got a black piano finish with black freaking anodized uh, solid hoops. The hoops aren't this little skinny metal shit. It's the solid freaking you take it to get the car and fucking fuck up the car before it fucks up the rim. It's like badass, dude. Serious shit. Pearl makes the toughest shit. That sounds great. Uh, yeah, so, but but it's the heads. I use pinstripes on top. Uh, on the bottom, I typically use ambassadors, I believe. But more, uh, more often now for the show thing, like I have that black drum set, I have ebony heads on the bottom. They're like ebony ambassadors, but they call it something else. But, you know, they're black. They're like a black pinstripe, if you will. But it looks cool as shit, you know what I mean? Uh, and other times I use a Starfire head. That's like a mirrored head on the bottom. So the bass drum reflects off and it turns colors when the lights hit it and shit. You know, it's cool. But it's basically an, an ambassador style head. So pinstripes on the top for Tom Toms, ambassadors on the bottom. Bass drum, same thing. I typically use a pinstripe. Uh, what people, a lot of people don't realize that pinstripes 
are basically a two-ply head. There's like two heads in one that's woven together with some kind of oil in between. Uh, and I put a phalam to the same material that the snare head is made out of. They have these little bass drum pads. So you put it on the bass drum. So you, I use wood beaters. You don't want the beater to go through the bass drum head. Uh, yeah. But those are the main things that it's, it's, it has to hold up the durability, number one. And when you whack something like that, the sound that comes out of it is very powerful. Uh, so it's not just the tone. It's the attack. It's the feeling. And it's not... It, it's, it's the dynamic levels that you can get out of it. Anybody can play soft, but not everybody can play loud like that. When you have that kind of range in between, that creates emotion. That offers you the opportunity to lay the foundation for something that other people can't do. And that's what I really like. Uh, I, I mean, one drummer plays, if I go, everybody backs up, you know what I mean? And that creates an impact. Uh, I think that's, Everybody has a strong suit. Some guy can play really fast. Some guy can do that. I can't play super fast, but I'll tell you what, I'll rip your fucking head off. And that's what I do in a dynamic kind of sense. You know what I mean? I think, every, I think you know, one strong quality I have is power. And, uh, and when you do that in a musical sense, it can really add something special to the music. You know, it can give you a bam where other guys can't make it snap like that. And it adds something dynamically to the band as a whole, not just myself. You know what I mean? And that, you know, it, it, it makes it, it makes it kick ass and live. There's, there's just no substitute. When you see it and you feel it, you're like, holy shit, you know, it makes a difference. It makes a fucking difference. Yeah. So yeah, once again, you got the Phalam 2 coated head on the freaking snare, Remo Phalam 2, uh, pinstripes on top, ambassadors on the bottom. I use a, I, is it an emperor? There's a double coated, I think it's an emperor. I use an emperor head on the bottom of the snare. Why? It's a little thicker and you can tighten it, make it tighter. And I use a 40 strand snare and I make it tight. But you want that snare to fucking wham, like Alex Van Halen, John Bonham, Robert Sweetest Striper, those three main guys that have snare sounds that just rip your head off. And I want that fucking sound. Uh, one of the best, here, here, here's one song or one video that, that I, when I was a kid, I was so inspired by it. When Van Halen did that old Unchained, live Unchained video, or So This Is Love from the Oakland Coliseum from the Fair Warning Tour, the black and white drum set, and David Lee Roth comes out, I got a brand new Oakland scarf right here one time for you, you know? And fucking Alex, that fucking snare drum rips your head off. It had that tonk to it, and oh my God. And I, I later in life, I got to play there a few times. What an amazing thing. When a snare drum does that, when that the Unchained video and the So This Is Love video particularly, that snare drum just fucking rocks. And that's what I like my snare drum to sound like. So if you want to go to YouTube right now, go check out Van Halen Unchained live. I think it was 1982 uh, and uh, Unchained and So This Is Love. And David Lee's wearing the white chaps and Alex has got that black and white kit, you know, and the mountain of fucking speakers. <laughs> Arguably two of the best rock videos ever made, ever. Yeah. And when they came out on MTV, I saw that I'm like, oh, you know, it was like, it was the shit, man. You know, yeah. it, it didn't get no better. When David Lee does the big split off the amps and they fucking, then Alex is fucking slamming the shit out of that fucking snare. I'm like, Ugh. I was like, that's what I want to do, motherfucker. You know? <laughs> So it, what, what an inspiration, I mean, yeah. but it can't do when it's down. Same thing when I heard Kiss Alive too. when Peter Chris did the fucking uh, Calling Dr. Love, start with that cowbell thing, but then we know, black, go, black, go, oh my God, the fucking snare ripped my fucking head off. Holy shit. Gotta have that snare, dude. Gotta fucking have it. Yeah. And the way you get it, it's a good pearl fucking free floating fucking snare drum, six and a half by 14. Phalam 2 Remo head on top and a fucking emperor on the bottom. Tighten the shit out of it and get a 40-strand snare and get your tone. Tighten the shit, stretch out the head a little, and find a medium. You don't want it too high. It sounds like you lose the body. Got to have the body on the fucking tension. <laughs> yes. Dude, ain't nothing. But, yeah, I feel like I'm sitting there with a pitch pipe going, oh, no, no, no. When, you feel, when it's there, you know it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> And you get a tonk out of tonk. It's like tonk and an axe hitting a wood in a fucking wood all together. 
Yes. <laughs> awesome. That's what it's all about, man. Yeah, right. That's, that's right. Shit, right? That's what it's all about. Well, uh, well real quick before we wrap this up, uh, are you guys uh, working on new music? Is that uh, something you guys are uh, looking towards? Or? Actively, no. But I, honestly, in our own personal time, everybody's working on something. I, yeah. I go to Pete's house all the time. He's working on shit. He's got a recording session uh, studio by him. And he's got tons of shit lined up. BJ just put out his own solo record. Uh, uh, nice. Boutique Sound Frames. God bless him. You know? uh, he's playing some shows in support of that also. So he's busy. Uh, Steve's got a freaking million songs from 1847. I mean, you know, he's got, he's always writing, <laughs> always got shit going on. Yeah. Number of projects that he's working on. Uh, I got my classical bullshit and uh, I got this one thing I got to record. Actually, I've got it all right here. It's ready to go. And uh, it, I don't want to say too much, but honestly, it, it's going to be a fucking really something. Yeah. It'll be really something. It has some rock stuff. It has some movie soundtrack stuff. It has some dance stuff. The dance section is like it could be like a, I don't want to say Z100, but yeah, I mean it could, it's a real sounds weird, but dude, like a heavy dance track, like whoa, like the floors would explode with DJs spinning the shit. That's some wild shit. Like you know what Tommy Lee did with the DJ thing? Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna say it's like that. It's it's a little more commercialized, but he put a twist on shit like that. He made it heavy. He made an impact. I like things that make an impact, and I think when he. Put some of that heavy riff guitar over some of the dance beat shit. That's some fucking serious shit. You know what I mean? Very powerful stuff. And uh, I, re I respect that a lot. But uh, I, 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 I got a little something cooking. We'll see if we'll bring it to fruition. We'll see. Nope. Nope. Actively working on new guitar. We're always writing some shit. But collectively as a band, nah, I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you or any, any of the other two guys get a chance to see Steve when he was playing with Def Leppard? Pete actually went out to the show. Pete saw it live. Uh, that was pretty cool. Funny thing, I just saw them last week. Uh, they live. Def Leppard sounds amazing. They're, they're really yeah, something special, really. But uh, I wish I could have gone. That was really something. The fact, and to, you know, to see Steve in a situation like that—that's a dream come true. It's it's beyond it's beyond a dream. And uh, something really special. And who knows what the future might bring, but, uh, you know, I'm just glad that he's with us right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, he went out to see him in Vegas, if I'm not mistaken. And he said it was awesome. It was a sold-out freaking show. Freaking completely nuts, you know. Uh, and, and live, Def Leppard has a quality of sound that is truly second to none. They're not just some, you know, they're not just some rock band. Yeah. You know, they, they, they fucking have something special. You listen to their quality of sound from the front of the house versus anybody else, hands down, they got something going on, dude, you know? And then they're not rolling tracks to make up for it. They are playing their shit. They are singing their shit. They are kicking some ass. Uh, I got to give great respect to them. And Rick Allen, as a drummer, that son of a bitch has put some time and effort into what he does. And I got to tell you, man, uh, I just met him uh, two weeks ago for the first time. And we had a nice little chat. He was, I got to tell you, he was, uh, he was really an inspiration to me. And uh, to see him play like that, man, you know, I, I try to think if something like that ever happened to me, I don't know if I would have the balls to fucking walk forward like that. And that motherfucker took the step and then the next step and really fucking brought it home. So I got to tell you, I think that's just fucking amazing. It's, uh, I, I just don't know if, if it were me. To, to, to overcome an adversity like that, uh, that takes a very strong individual with a lot of support. And I think that's just so fucking special. And I, I, I think uh, truly defines the word character. A real fucking son of a... God bless him. God bless him. Yeah, definitely. Cool, man. Will you get anything else? Or? I think that wraps it up. We appreciate your time, man. Oh, go fuck yourself, then, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> What else you got cooking on that show? You got any other good guests over there? Who you have on over here? Last night we talked to Mark Torian from the Bullet Boys until about two thirty in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> I love him. He's a great guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was really he nice. Was so we, guys, yeah. We. Uh, In fact, I think we have one coming up. Why am I thinking that we're going to be seeing him soon again? I can't remember. I like Mark very much. He's a crazy guy, real great guy. Yeah, he is. Uh, God, <laughs> I've known him for a long time too. Uh, we've gone to his shows. He's come to our shows back in the day. I just turned the corner to see Mark. I'm like, 
hey, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> That's kind of cool. He's always great attitude. He is a fucking rock and roller, that son of a bitch, man. Yeah. I, I like Mark very much, yeah. Yeah, he's super cool. positive, super positive. Yep, yep. Yeah. yeah. Who else? Any chicks? You got any cool chicks that come on? Uh, who One or two, not yet, though. What is it, uh, Sausage uh, Factory uh, Radio? <laughs> come on, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Sausage Pops, cast. Yeah. I'm, I'm Mark Gus Scott, your sausage host. <laughs> Hey, yeah. there's less percentage, you know, to be able to pull from, so it's hard when it comes yeah. to that. Hard <laughs> <laughs> They're out there, man. Oh, go! But by the way, I have to do the infamous shameful plug for everything Trickster. It's TricksterRocks.com. Yes, we've got the merchandise. We've got the shows. Oh, we got shows coming up. Uh, going to play in Vegas, Vampton, Vegas. I believe that's August 13th. That's coming up. We've got the Rockingham Festival in England, UK, if you will. In November, October, November. I gotta check my dates. I don't even know what the hell it is. Here's the trickster site. Let's see. The one, the only, the mighty trickster. Up oh, Rockingham. This Steve in front of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame poster. Guys, they put up so many goddamn shots, I can't see where the hell the dates are. Oh, this is a pain. Yes. Go to the trickster website, tricksterrocks.com. The Facebook page, if you want to see a bunch of Crazy picture. Oh, here, here we go. October 21st, Rockingham, live at Trent University. There you go. Rockingham live in uh, the UK. Ah, December 10th with Lita Ford Trickster at the BMI Indoor Speedway. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. And uh, uh, the rest is available on tricksterrocks.com. Yeah. Hell yeah. How about that? Or Facebook. You got uh, facebook.com slash tricksterrocks. Or my personal Facebook page, uh, uh, just search Mark Gus Scott. Uh, you'll see my one page uh, and my number two page. Uh, I filled up with people. So, uh, yeah, can I just stop by? You got some crazy pictures, videos, all kinds of crap, you know? You do a Google search and find a bunch of shit on Tristan's. Check out. Hell yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a lot of good stuff on YouTube, too, dude. Just search Trickster and Mark Gus Scott on YouTube. There's a lot of cool shit, you know? Yeah. Uh, live video. Uh, old day video, new stuff, nudity. It's all good. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> it's a very short video. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Right on. Thank you. See you. Thanks, brother. Have fun, man. There you go. Mark Scott from Trickster. I guess you could call him Gus if you're a friend of him. There you go. I act like I'm his friend, so there was Gus from Trickster. Loved it, loved it, man. <laughs> you know, uh, again, you know, Warrant Trickster Firehouse, that was my first concert. 91, yeah. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, and it just, uh, it stayed with me, and, uh, you know, those three bands have stayed with me, and I've, I've never stopped loving them, so it was just uh, such a treat to get to talk to uh, Mark, and, uh, you know, I hope everybody listens, because this is a fun one. Yeah, Bill Leverty, we're coming for you next. Yeah, watch out, man. You're you're on the list. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just very cool, you know. Like I said earlier, and like you just said, on the personal level of being able to have these guys on, especially you know from first show we ever saw, and we've seen them a few times since, like we talked about in there. Yeah. At the Rocklahoma show, that was I think their first show back after their hiatus. It was. So it was. That was really cool to be able to be a part of, even yeah. though it abruptly ended. As we talked about, but, yeah, you know, I've seen him. I saw him at time. I don't think, yeah, you weren't there, but I saw him in Dallas a yeah. few years ago, and that mm -hmm. was great. So hopefully, get the chance to see him again coming up. Just a great, good time rock and roll band. Can't say much more about them. Yeah, know? yeah, I know. God, at Rocklahoma, we had to leave their set because we saw the storm coming, and we thought, God, we got to get back to camp and uh, that's right, we left like, down the hatches, the, yeah, for the last song because. Yeah, because we, we didn't have a camper. No, yeah. So we ran back to make sure that all the stuff we had setting out was covered up and it, all that it kind of didn't, stuff. It got, it got all fucked yeah. anyways. It didn't matter. <laughs> well, the important stuff I know we got in the vehicles, but yeah, the, true, the true. tent and stuff got torn down. <laughs> but anyway, that's besides the point. Yeah, or a story yeah. for another day, I guess. <laughs> but yes, of course, once again, thank you to Mark for taking the time out of his evening to do that. And we greatly appreciate it. And hopefully... You'll hear him on here again sometime soon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like I mentioned before we got into this, the other day, Derek from Severmind was sporting a Thunder Underground shirt. 
So I think you should too. That's right. We've had, I've mentioned this before, we had who we talked about in this interview, Travis Davis, the drummer for W Doors, worn one on stage. Mm-hmm. Kirk Winstein from Crowbar. Yeah, come and on. Down has worn one. Yep, that's right. We've had Mr. Oklahoma 2015, Valerie Hill has worn one. That's right. We've had Katie Irizarry. Our good friend, Katie Irizarry, yes. that's right. She's worn one. You can't ask for more than that. No, in Merciful Kate on Instagram, she posted it. Go look at it. It's awesome. Yes, and so you really need you, to get a shirt. Mike Starkey from Screamer and Mutiny exactly. has worn one That's on stage. One. Yes, yes. So, there you go. <laughs> Thethunderunderground at gmail.com. These things are only 15 bucks. Hit us up if you see us at a show or send us an email and we'll ship you one. And we got koozies too. Yep. But, like I just said, thethunderunderground.com. We've got all our uh, previous podcasts on there. If you just listen to this because you like trickster there's a good chance you might like bullet boys too that's right and we just had mark torian on the last episode which is another huge one yeah that's another great one just great positive dude that had a lot of cool stuff to say yeah so i would love to have you listen to that as well yeah and exactly we talked about that and we talked about that show and all the stuff we did of people we saw and everything but we forgot to mention that we met jen henrickson that's right that's right you know, I've talked to her online how, for a how while. Could, how could we forget yeah. that? That's like, I don't even, I can't put that in words. How do you, how do you forget to mention that? I know, above everything I know, else? I don't know. We, we are <laughs> bastards, Jen, and we apologize. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we've talked to her about being on this podcast as well. Yeah. You can, you know, see her in Wichita. She works with the, the radio station up there. I think it's T95 Rock Squad. You know, she's a tattoo model. You can find her in tattoo magazines. She's an awesome person as well, so it was cool to be able to talk to her for a little bit after the show. And there you go. Just wanted to throw that in there. Of course, of course. Yep. So check that out. Check out the Mark Torian episode. Like I mentioned earlier, check out Joey Allen from Warrant. Check out Ian Hogland from Europe. He's been on here. Yes. We've had Mike and uh, Jeff from the Frank Hannon band on here twice now. And then we've had all kinds of other... Heavier people like Kirk from Crowbar, CJ from Drowning Pool, Sid Falk, you know, who's legendary, yes. former drummer of Overkill. Wino. Wino, yes, from Spirit Caravan and The Obsessed. We've had on a couple of guys from Soil. We've had on people from, I uh, mentioned bands earlier, Scream Red Mutiny, The Devil You Adore, Severmind. They've all been on here as well. Yeah, we had Chris Broderick from Act of Defiance. Go yeah. look that one up. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> And all kinds of other other great ones. 80 other episodes for you to check out. I hope you do it, and I hope you check in next time. We don't can't tell you who's going to be on here yet. I don't yeah. want to jinx stuff, but, you know. We're working on it. We've and, got uh, stuff lined up, but that next one might be an hour of just me talking about Guns N' Roses and you talking about Through the Stone. Yeah, exactly, and if that's what it is, then that's okay. <laughs> right. You know, but uh, I think we're going to take a little breaky-poo since you're going out of town. Yeah, Just so just one episode this week. Yep. But I think Monday will probably be back, Monday or Tuesday. So definitely hang tight, fuckers. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all. <laughs>